0: Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, The Posture of Peace, and it is part of the Stress Less Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can check us out at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Okay, um, I want to show you two
1: quick videos this morning, and apologize that we only have one screen, but it happened just before the service this morning, and it uh, went out. But uh, I want to show you two quick videos. The first one's just for the fun of it. It's just a, a cute little video that went viral this week, but it was a little, a little boy who illustrates what stress looks like. And he, 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 you'll see, some of you already have seen it, I'm sure, he's, he's stressed because his mom went to work and didn't give him a kiss. And he's really stressed out. If you want to know what stress looks like, this boy's going to show you. And then, then we're going to have another clip from uh, marriage and family therapist uh, Steve Light. And you want to get your notes ready because he's going to say something. There's one thing he's going to say, and you're going to want to write it down and remember it. Because I'm not gonna really drill down too deep on it in the sermon this morning, but he's gonna say it and I believe it's gonna really be helpful to some of you. So let's uh let's find out what stress looks like. Me and 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 She didn't give you a kiss? And And she just went to work? Yeah. What a what kind of mama does that? You don't know. Me neither. And hi and mama, mama and Hi, baby mama, Data, me, uh, uh, me, and Wu and Me and Jay. You wanted to give her a kiss? I and then you just went to look? Yeah. Oh me. Oh me. And I I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you over into my territory right now, uh, because in this message I'm gonna be talking about the story of Mary Martha. Uh Where Mary and Martha have invited Jesus, evidently, to their home, and there must, evidently, there were other guests around. And Martha's uh, busy serving, and Mary's sitting focused on Christ and uh, listening to him, probably worshiping him. And uh, Martha comes over and scolds Mary for, actually, scolds the Lord. Why won't you make her get up and help me do this work? And that's a case where kind of that's a stress that Mary was choosing not to take on that stress of getting this house ready. So what, what, are, what are some insights from that story about me handling stress or, or choosing stress or not choosing stress, I guess I should say, not choosing stress that really... God is not assigned to me, evidently?
0: Yeah, uh, I, that's a great question, too. I think that I have to realize from the beginning that I am not God, and I am not omnipresent. I can't be everywhere for everyone. I, I am not omniscient. Uh, I don't have all of the answers, and I'm not omnipotent where I have all of the power. So when I realize that I am a finite, limited human being, that there's only so much that I can do and picking how I'm going to be in this world is a really important thing. I happen to think that when we truly walk with God and understand who He is, that it disciplines us to be a resource in this world as Christians and rather than being a savior. And being a resource is done only when I can say in my heart of hearts that you are God and I am not. Part of my prayer life that I have been doing the last few years is, you know, and in part probably because I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I'm asked to be involved in people's lives in a particular way that um, am I going to be able to save people from this? And the answer to that is no. I am wanting to show up to be a resource and the prayer life behind that for me is a recognition once again that I am not God. Can I, like Mary did, recognize who God is and his power and all that he brings to the table and his purposes? Or am I going to be distracted in a lot of the other noise and busyness? Although those, you know, some of that noise and busyness is certainly important too. I don't want to elevate that stuff up to a higher level than Jesus.
1: So what we hear uh, Steve saying to us is one of the keys to stressing less Is to see yourself as a resource and not a savior. And I think we all kind of know what that means in our lives. And we kind of know where we cross that line with people and with situations. Where we take on more of a burden than what God has given us. Jesus said, my burden is easy and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that's a relative term, of course. We know the burdens that the Lord gives us do feel heavy to us at times. But not nothing compared to the burden when you try to be God. Nothing compared to the burden is when you when you overfunction and you try to be in other people's lives, and even in your own life, what you were never designed by God to be. Jesus was the Savior in the story. Now I avoided this story for many many years preaching it. In fact, today is probably the only time I've ever taken it as a text and preached a sermon on it. And I, you know why I avoided this text? Because I, I couldn't understand it. I read this text about Mary and Martha, and I would read it, and I would say, how do I interpret that? It looks like to me it's affirming laziness. And also, another reason I couldn't preach it is because everybody in, for years in the church who didn't want to do anything would use this as an excuse. I am Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Leave me alone, you know. And and I I remember one dear person, and she was a wonderful lady uh, who did serve in many ways. But she had this habit of taking on she, taking on an assignment. She would start serving. She would become the leader of whatever because I really she was very competent and I really trusted her. And this is many years ago. And um and and. Inver- invariably in about six months I could almost set my calendar six months she's going to call me or she's going to come to the office and she going say Pastor Phil I'm going to have to resign I just feel that I must turn my back to people and turn my face to God and I, I could never preach this text because it would confirm that everybody in the church is going to turn their back to people and their face to God and nothing will get done but I really, really dug into this verse. In fact, I rewrote this sermon about 10 times. Because I said, I've got to figure out what is the insight here that really gives us the meaning of this passage that will really help people and won't send us in a direction that's really unbiblical. So, I'm going to read three short sections of Scripture, and, and, and you'll see why in a moment. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Now, I'm going to jump over to John chapter 11, verse 20. Read a couple of verses there. Lord Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Her brother Lazarus had died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. John, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, rather, leave John out there, out of that, please. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take you away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead men, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been dead there four days. Later I'll get back to that and tell you why I read that to you. John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom he had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary... Took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, perfume, perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with the hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Leave, it, leave her alone, Jesus replied. What happened in between that word, those two words, is Judas Iscariot said, "This money is being wasted, uh, and should have been given to the poor," because this was a year's wages that she had poured on Jesus' feet. That was its value. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among me, but you will not always have me. Now notice with me, here's here's what came together for me this week. Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Martha rushed about tending all the preparations related to the Lord's visit. So I'm calling this message Mary's posture or the posture of peace. The posture of peace. And... I, I became convinced the more I studied it that he was not referring to a physical posture. Because you go to Philippians 2, Philippians 2 said, Let this attitude be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who said in, was in the form of God but did not think it robbery to be equal with God. And the word attitude is the same as the word posture. It's translated posture in other places. Secondly, so that's the first thing. Secondly, when we go to John chapter 12, once again, we see that Martha served. While once again, Mary's at the feet of the Lord. But there's a different Martha in chapter 12 and in, chapter, and in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, she's serving, but she's angry and she's complaining and she's mad, and she's, and she's, and she's blaming, and she's, and she's complaining. But in chapter, John chapter 12, she's serving, but she's not complaining, and she's not angry. And Christ gets glorified and revealed in a way that we're still being blessed by today, because there was a transformation, not in Mary's physical posture, but in the posture of her heart. That's what God showed me. That there's, that there, there's a posture of peace that has, has nothing to do with the posture of your physical body. But it's the attitude of your mind, the position of your heart, and how you're relating to anger and blame and Trying to make everybody do what you're doing and care about what you care about. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Let's look first of all that the, the, this idea that the posture of peace is not a preferred personality. See, that's what people used to teach. I this is what used to turn me off about the story. They would say, some of you know, like uh, uh, we, we've got to talk to you, Marthas, and get all you Marthas to sit down. All you Marthas are running around and you're bossing everybody around you. You want everybody to do everything. We, you, you've got to stop that. We, the, the, Jesus prefers Mary's. And I said, that doesn't make sense to me. Because when you're a pastor and you're trying to run a church, you really like Martha's. And you like Mary's too, but you really like Martha's. So this is not a personality type. There's not a personality type that's destined to be stressed out and another destined to be stressed less. You can stress out in in your lazy boy recliner and you can be the lazy boy in your lazy boy recliner stressing out and you're still a lazy boy, all stressed out. It would also be a mistake that the, the Lord really liked Mary, but he found Martha annoying. That's a big mistake. Martha was a great friend of Jesus. She loved Jesus. Martha, the Bible says she opened up her home to him. Now we notice it was said to be her home. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But still, she opened up her home to him. And if you, if you see when Jesus responded to Martha, uh, he loved her. And she, also Martha had a strong faith in Jesus. Look at what she said in chapter 11. I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And her brother was dead. Don't tell me that Martha didn't know Jesus just as well as Mary did. Martha knew Jesus so to the point that her brother was dead and the tomb had already been sealed. And she said, Lord, whatever you ask the Father, I know that he will give it to you. And, you know, however, Martha was extremely practical. Remember when Jesus said, take away the stone? Only Martha would do this. The God of the universe is saying, take away the stone. The the one who knew all about odors. And she said, oh, it's going to stink. We all know a Martha, don't we? She she was a good leader. She was a great leader. And she knew things before other people did. And she liked to give people direction. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to do this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Think about that for a minute. She's like, Oh, creator of the universe, creator of the world, the one who made everything, let me tell you what you ought to be doing right now. (laughs) You ought to be talking to my sister. But Jesus loved Martha. In fact, he made a detour so he could be at her house. Martha's house is where he went to relax. Jesus wasn't offended or angered by her practicality or her outspokenness. Jesus was concerned about a Martha's emotional well-being. In fact, in fact, look at what he said when he responded to her. He said, Martha, Martha. Now, that's, that's an expression of passion and affection. When you, anywhere in the scripture where you see a doubling of the name, it's, it's, what, we re, it's what we refer to as talking up to people. See, see Martha, because she was in a wrong state, was talking down to everybody. Tell my sister to get in here and help me. Can't you see that I'm overstressed and I'm doing everything and I'm managed? She was talking down. But Jesus was demonstrating how to be less stressed. One way to be less stressed is you stop talking down to people and you start talking up to them. Jesus talked up to her he 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 talks it, it, you you can't say martha Martha with anything but the kindest voice you know you know when somebody's mad at you, they barely say your name and they say it really quick if, if sherry's upset with me it's phil it's not Phil Phil this is totally different Phil get it <laughs> did you did you leave the did you leave the stove like this? Did you cook something in here yesterday? <laughs> Today or whatever? No, Jesus, Jesus models a posture of heart that's less stressed. He models a less stressed heart. He did not match Martha's stress. You know, if it had been me or you, I, I, I would not have done it. It would have been, Lord, did you see my sister? Well, Martha! <laughs> Martha, what's? don't you know I'm the creator of the universe? Don't you know I made everything? What do you mean telling me what to do? There would have been a big stinking fight. Jesus was everything. There's not one thing that Jesus wants you to be that he wasn't. Jesus was everything that he asked you to be. And he knows you can't do it as well as he can. He's only wants you to try. You can't do it. I'm never going to be as good as Jesus was. But Jesus didn't just tell us to be kind when he was unkind. Jesus didn't just didn't tell us. He didn't tell us to stop worrying and fretting and stressing. And he was all worried and stressed and fretting. No, he modeled kindness even in this very difficult situation. You see, Jesus communicated from a posture of peace. Change your attitude, guys, and you'll change your life. This doesn't mean you become mousy and pleading. No, Jesus wasn't weak. He immediately created for Martha an unmovable boundary. You notice, even though he's saying, Martha, Martha, what Mary's doing, she made the best decision today, and it will not be taken from her. See, see, you can say very assertive things in the very kindest way. The best police officers are those who can give you a ticket a citation in the very kindest manner. Those are, the, those are the police officers that have the most authority. Those are the ones who do the most good in the community. Those who can arrest you without escalating the emotions to a situation where somebody gets unnecessarily shot or something. You know what I mean? Jesus didn't have a bias Against Mary, That's my point. He didn't have a bias against high performers. And this story doesn't justify low productivity or condemn the pursuit of excellence. Like the, the Apostle Paul was saying, that, that's why, that's why I, I couldn't buy this bias against Martha. Because this story doesn't condemn productivity. It would be contradictory to the rest of the Bible. In fact, the Apostle Paul concluded, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. That's pretty different than set at the feet of Jesus and provisions will come to you. Sometimes stressing less is an admonition to do less in some situations. But it's really actually an admonition to do whatever you do with a servant's heart. and Without anger and without frustration and without whining and without blaming. Mark Cathy is the grandson of Truett Cathy, who founded uh, Chick-fil-A. And uh, as many of you know, my brother's part of a ministry called Safe House in Atlanta, Georgia. And a few weeks ago, Mark Cathy shows up at Safe House, driving his Kia. And he comes in, and he wants a tour of the place. So they give him a tour. And they just do an awesome job with homeless people. Get just the best, one of the best homeless ministries I know. Where they actually get many homeless people off the streets, into jobs, into drug rehab programs. Do an amazing job. So he walks around. And the head of the ministry is Josh Bray. And, and he's walking around. Kathy, uh, you know, Mark Truitt's walking behind him. And there's a piece of paper on the floor. And Mark Truitt goes over and picks it up. And puts it in the trash. And he, uh, uh, Josh Bray told my brother, he said, man, I got busted, didn't I? <laughs> You've got... And, and th- then 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 he wrote him a check for $40,000. <laughs> That's a nice visit. He picks up the trash and writes you a check for $40,000. I was having dinner the other night at, a, at an event, and setting the table with me was the owner of Chick-fil-A in Westboro and Marlboro. And he said to me, if Dan Cathy the CEO of Chick-fil-A comes to our store, he will find a cigarette butt on the parking lot and pick it up and put it in the trash. What What am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that when we go through life, making less of a fuss about everything, but just being a servant, God can just bless us. In ways that are unimaginable. God can just bless us in ways that are unimaginable. When all we do... You say, well, I can't control myself. Listen. Do you yell and scream in the grocery store like you do at home? No, you don't. Because you would have been arrested. You can control it. You choose not to. Do, do, do you... Do you yell and scream at work like you do at home? Well, Some of you do. Yeah, I know. That's why you can't keep a job. You can control it. God has given you the power to control your emotions. I said God has given you the power to control your emotions. A posture of peace confirms our why for me to live is Christ Paul said one of the casualties of industriousness is though though it is a godly thing by the way but one of the casualties of it can be that it becomes a substitute for intimacy when when Jesus said to Martha Mary has chosen what is better he wasn't demeaning her service he was defining her why he was saying the best thing happening in the house is me the creator, the savior of the world, this is a nice room here. And you guys have worked so hard to make it a nice room. I don't want to devalue that. The, the, the technology that's being used in this room, the, the, the technology that's, be, that's been installed and purchased and, and everything in this room is a result of labor. It's a result of, it's a result of the anointing of Martha. The anointing of Martha has made this room happen, friends. Friends. But the technology that you are experiencing right now and the comfortable seats that you're in and the comfortable temperature and and everything about the production that's been done in this service this morning is not the best thing that's happening in this room. The best thing that's happening in this room right now is Jesus. The best thing that happened in this room is the Holy Spirit is here. The best thing that's happening in this room is the cross of Jesus has released forgiveness and liberty and power to every one of you. And if the lights go away and the furniture goes away and the the technology all goes away, we've still got Jesus. And there's a danger today. There's a danger today because technology and production has become so important in the church. And I don't knock it and I don't have a problem with it. Because that's the world that we live in. That we live in the world of technology and production. That it doesn't make sense for you to you to get in a car that has all the latest technology and all the latest gadgets and you drive to a church that has has a a, a guitar and a and a, a light bulbs, you know? It makes no sense. So so we we, we, we can't be disparaging or, or disparaging our culture. It is what it is. It's not a problem, but there's a real danger today. That we will elevate technology and production above the main event, which is still the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is still the power of God. That your life is not going to be changed by lights or videos or, or guitars or our worship teams just singing songs. Your life will only be changed if I can get you to the feet of Jesus. Amen. That's what you're saying here. Anything in life, including a 10-course meal that you're preparing for guests, can serve as an idol or a counterfeit God. Let me say that again. Anything in life, including the 10-course meal that Martha was fussing over, can serve as an idol. See? It was so important that there be intimacy with Christ in that home. John 12, 7 reveals that Mary, because she was intimate with Christ, she knew before anyone else in the world that Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. She knew first. She knew before the disciples knew. She knew before the government knew. She knew before Martha knew because she was at the feet of Jesus. But Martha and Mary were playing, or both playing a role that was very important in Christ. It Christ did not say, Martha, you sat down. In fact, Martha, Mary was not allowed to say, Martha, you stop doing what you're doing. That would, have been, that would have been her bending her to her will. And Jesus wasn't having any will bending going on here. Because that destroys peace. When we try to bend everybody, tries to bend everybody to their will. Christ is interested in making his presence known. It, very interesting that Christ is interested in making his presence known in the ordinary and social dimension of our lives. This wasn't a church service. This was a house party. Christ has a plan to reveal himself through the normal activities of human relationships. When we're melting down and stressing out and storming off, it's a sure sign that our priorities have gotten off. Proverbs 15, 17 says, better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf where there is hate. Finally, I want to say this today, and that is the posture of peace manifests the Spirit of Christ inside of us. What was Martha getting wrong? Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 says, do everything without complaining, arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars. I would say here's some things that Martha was getting wrong. First of all, Martha's stress created unhealthy tunnel vision. Now physically when you are stressed, your body g- creates tunnel vision for you. If if you today, if you've got a, a toddler and you step out on the parking lot and you look up and you're somewhere in the middle of the parking lot and your toddler is almost made it to Route 140. God has wired you to biologically, he's wired your brain, he's wired your, your amygdala to send a message to your hypothalamus which releases epinephrine or adrenaline into your system which causes more blood to go to your brain no blood, less blood to go to your lungs, and less blood for your digestive system. And so your vision gets sharper, and you develop tunnel vision, and you better, because tunnel vision will cause you to save somebody's life. And you will run faster than you've ever thought you could run before, because the muscles get more blood. And you will run faster than you ever. Now, that's great when a kid's about to get on 140, but when, 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 When your spouse didn't do the dishes and you're using your survival system, this is very destructive to relationships. (laughs) Unhealthy stress is an exaggerated importance of the details I have. Here's what Steve Light told me. Unhealthy stress is an exaggerated importance of the details I have and when I use my limited information to explain the whole problem. Well, that's good. Now, the second thing I would say about Martha, she got wrong, is her stress created unhealthy distractions. You know, the word multitasking was a first invented in 1965 by IBM to talk about computers. You are not a computer. You are a human being. In fact, the word distraction comes from a particular French word that was used in medieval times when they would take a person and they would take four horses and they would tie each limb to a horse and send the horses in different directions. That's the word that is used for distraction. Mar- Martha was being pulled in different, many different directions and she was frustrated. See, we want to have this powerful relationship with God. If we're going to have this powerful relationship with God, you must l- learn to focus on Jesus when life is trying to pull you apart. Martha's stress. Thirdly of all, created inner turmoil. The word upset means to be tossed along in the stream. Martha, see, Martha had developed many specific goals, and they were all non-negotiable. She had developed all these goals, and Martha, Martha had to have thirty things go right in order to be happy, and she was being torn to pieces. You look, Martha, you look like the proactive one, the leader, the one in control, but she was really being taken down the stream. There's only one thing that Mary needs to be happy, and there's only one thing that Mary needs to be fulfilled, and that is to be at the feet of Jesus, and Friends, even if you're Martha and you are responsible for the dinner, the 10-course dinner, and you are responsible for everything, you still need to be a person who the only thing that truly makes you happy and fulfilled is Jesus, not the accomplishment of your 10-course meal. Somebody say amen this morning. Sitting at Jesus' feet. Wasn't about ceasing all physical activity, but sitting at Jesus' feet, was getting intellectually, emotionally, and behaviorally under his authority. Let me say it again. I don't have time to expand on that. I've got a lot more I want to say on that, but maybe I can say it next week. But let me say it and I'll let you unpack it. It is when you come intellectually under the authority of Jesus and you read the word. And the only thing that matters is you understand it. Because when you understand it, you're going to submit your intellect to the intellect of the Word of God. That's what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus. It is taking your emotions and what you feel. And when the Lord says, I want you to feel this way, you say, yes, Lord. It's taking your behavior. And when you see clearly in the Word of God, here's how I want you to behave. You say, yes, Lord, I'm sitting at your feet. The whole reason Jesus went to the cross was to be the peacemaker. The only way peace can come to earth is if a sinless man yielded to the will of the Father instead of reacting to the sin around him. That example is the gift that he gives us. Listen to me. You listen to what I said. That example is the gift that he gives us. So he lets us in on his secret. That is, we can stress less. If we take the time to listen to the secrets of the Son of God instead of reacting to all the dysfunction and sin around us, and in this way, every one of us can stress less. Let's stand. Now this morning, I know that many of you need to take a moment out of your busy lives and you need to connect with God. There's somebody in this room, maybe more than one, probably more than one, that you need to take that first step and you need to become a committed follower of Jesus Christ. You need to, you need to accept that He is the ultimate and He is your Savior. We are only resources. He is our Savior. And you need to accept Him. And I want to pray a prayer for you to receive Christ right now but I want everyone who needs to spend a little time with the Lord and you need to take time to live your busy life. I'm going to open up the front here and I want you to come and I want you to partake of communion and, and receive this sacrament, this beautiful sacrament that speaks of Christ being the ultimate in your life. Now, let me ask you a favor. If you don't choose to come up here and spend some time in prayer, please take your fellowship to the back. So that people that are, want to spend some time with God and connect with God for a few minutes, we're later we're we're going to have a eventually we're going to have a prayer room that people can actually go to uh, because of the uh, the challenge of having fellowship and prayer in the same room. But 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 believe me, you can. If if Mary could shut out the pots and pans being clanged in the other room, you can do it too. So, so so I want to open up the front this morning for those who want to pray and receive communion. But right now I want to pray for everyone who needs to receive Christ. All you have to do is pray in your heart with me, and then come up and let us know that you made that decision. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person who needs to face, bring you, see you as the ultimate savior of their life. God, I ask you in their behalf to forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of my wrongs. And become the authority, intellectual, emotional, behavioral authority in my life. It doesn't mean I still won't get it wrong a lot. It doesn't mean I still won't fail. It doesn't mean that at all. But it means that I know where the, I know where the authority is. I know where my, who my father is. And I know who I need to talk to about those failures. And I know who I need to get help from. And it's you, Jesus. I'm going to make you my main counselor, my main authority. And I'm going to make your father my father in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and spend some time with the Lord. And please uh, respect the privacy of those who do. And enjoy your fellowship and enjoy the fun fest. God bless you.